Welcome to Lean Agile Management Podcast, a show by Kanbanize that helps you boost work efficiency, create culture of high performance, and build teams that thrive. Welcome to the lab. Today in the show. I think the very first agile team in organization has to be top management. They serve as a pattern for others. If you don't want to change the typical way of thinking, why would you introduce Agile uh, in the first place? We, we always prioritize what to start, but prioritization has to be what to finish. Starting work does not generate value. Starting work just costs money. Finishing work creates value. So we need to make sure that the right team is working on the right stuff at the right time. Our special guest today is Klaus Leopold. Klaus is an experienced computer scientist and Kanban pioneer. He was one of the first Lean Kanban trainers and coaches worldwide. He is the author of books, Practical Kanban, Kanban in IT, and co-author of Kanban Change Leadership. Klaus is passionate about establishing lean business agility that goes beyond teams. Hi, Klaus. Welcome on the podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm really happy we could finally make this work. Yeah. <laughs> so a first question to kickstart the conversation. I also know that you've been uh, talking about one specific concept a lot lately. And that kind of helps also to think about plans and strategy in a, in a whole different way, actually. You call this concept flight levels. Yeah. Could you summarize what flight levels could mean for different companies in different contexts? And what yeah. kind of issues are we solving with that? Okay. So. What I see quite often is when it comes to um, becoming more agile in terms of, of working, that there are agile methods. And most of these agile methods, they target on a team level. So when it comes to agility, there's, there's one thing. We need to have agile teams. Um, that's what I see actually quite often in reality. And, um, well, I, I would say I don't disagree, but there is more than teams. So when it comes to optimizing an organization, you don't only have to think uh, in teams, you need to think it a little bit broader. And that's my understanding of um, the flight levels. So um, often it's more important that we make sure that the right team is working on the right stuff at the right time. And it's not so much important that one team is, is, is performing highly well. That's especially true in um, environments where you have um, de um, dependencies. Mm -hmm. So if there's one team who can deliver 100% of the customer value, then you're good. You don't have a lot of dependencies. However, reality is that you usually need more teams to deliver customer value. No matter how you uh, structure your organization, how you organize it in terms of cross-functional teams, whatever, there are always dependencies if the company has more than 40 uh, teams, uh, sorry, 40 people. And whenever I think of dependencies, there pops up a picture in my mind. Let's imagine there is a uh, keyboard and mm -hmm. our company is a keyboard. And our job is to deliver letters. Yeah. So if we structure our organization so that each team is hitting one of these letters, then um, we are having a little bit of a problem because I could have the best L team on this planet so they can really hit the L button very, very fast. But how much faster can we actually deliver our, our letter? Not really, right? Because when it comes to writing a letter, it's not so important that I hit each key very fast. It's more important that I press the right key at the right time. And the same is true in an organizational context. High-performing teams um, 
is not a good idea in a world with dependencies. It's way more important that you make sure that you hit the, uh, that the right team is working on the right stuff at the right time. Right. And um, this is where the flight levels comes in, because I was thinking about this picture all the time because I was working for these large um, automotive companies and, and banks and so. And we always ran in the same problem and I struggled to get the message across. Then I came with this uh, picture of dependencies and out of this um, yeah, dependency keyboard picture, um, the result was the flight levels and the flight levels. If you want to summarize it, they basically tell you where in an organizational context you can perform um, yeah, changes. And flight level is um, a term from aviation, which means um, the higher the flight level, the higher you are flying. And um, if you're flying very high, you see different things than when you're flying very low. If you're flying very low, you see a lot of details, but yeah, you don't see uh, a lot of broadness. Can you say broadness? But you know what I mean, right? You see details, but uh, you don't see, um, yeah, your landscape is restricted. Let me put it that way. Um, and if you're flying very high, you have a very broad view, but you don't see a lot of details. And the same is true for the flight levels in organizations. So we can do um, changes on a team level, on the operational level. This would be flight level one. Yeah, one team who is doing um, yeah something to uh, please the customer. However, often we need more than only one team. So we need to make sure that the right team is working at the right stuff um, on the right stuff at the right time, this would be flight level two. So it's it's all about coordination. Multiple teams are basically um, working together on one value creation chain to maximize value creation or value delivery for the customer. That's flight level two. And then there's flight level three, um, which is the strategic portfolio level. Um, on the strategic portfolio level, what you're doing is you're basically aligning the entire work in your organization on your strategy and uh, yeah you make sure that you are not working on too many initiatives or that there's not too many work in the entire organization so that's the idea of of the flight levels yeah that's that's a good summary and i see how aligning efforts of the whole company has quite a lot to do with the plan and direction and choosing um, well, having a compass instead of a map or both. Yes. Yeah, I guess it's quite a strategic tool, right? Yes, totally. And um, so some people think it's, it, it's some kind of maturity model, but I totally don't think that it's some kind of maturity model. So uh, I wouldn't say that flight level three is better than flight level one. It solves a different problem in your organization. So if your teams are not delivering, you can take the best strategic decisions on flight level three, your teams won't still not deliver, right? Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, um, we often seek for high performance in terms of we want to don't know, um, optimize time to market. It takes too long until our projects are being finished. And we often think we need to have agile teams so they deliver faster these projects. However, mm -hmm. that's the wrong lever most of the time because if you want to um, finish projects faster, you need to limit the number of projects in the entire organization. And most of the time, one team 
cannot decide how many projects are being done within the uh, organization. So the flight levels, they help you to understand which lever to pull where in your organization. So it does not have anything to do with maturity or something like this. It's really about having this understanding uh, where to change what in your organization. Mm. Would you prefer one level over another? <laughs> or is there such a thing as importance in like which mm. one is more important? Yeah, well, um, as I said before, uh, context is king. So it depends what you want to achieve. But um, in general, one can say the higher the level, so flight level three, the lever you have in your hand is much um, yeah, bigger than on flight level one. Yeah. Mm. So the impact that you can achieve is, is better on flight level three than on flight level two and flight level two better than on flight level one. But nevertheless, um, you could have a, a big lever, but if the lever does not solve your problem, um, you still don't have any impact. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but does it mean then, because it, it also goes back to a discussion in agile world and agile and lean about but actually top-down change or bottom-up? <laughs> so what would you say? Yeah, um, well, uh, I think bottom-up and top-down change is, in the end, it's, it's pretty much the same. Because um, if, you, if you're doing um, top-down change, this means the top management decides what to do and they push it into the organization, then usually the, the people on the bottom are <laughs> like, mm -hmm. what's up with you guys? Um, that's crazy. I don't want to do this. Right. Um, but let's think about the bottom up change. The bottom up change is nothing else than a top down change, but it's just the other side round. If the people are saying, okay, we are doing it like this and that, and top management is like, what's wrong with you guys? You know, it's, it's pretty much the same. It's just the other way around. So I think if you really want to make a change stick, you need to have, um, yeah, agreement on all levels in your organization oh that's a whole other topic as well but it actually connects us to alignment yes so the only way to agree on something we need to have aligned priorities aligned goal and strategy yeah. um, but would you say that implementing any change be it kanban introducing common principles or something else gets harder the higher you go in an organization or in levels mm -hmm. or is it about the same well, I think um, uh, what I see in, in, in some organizations is that on a team level, um, you find this alignment and everything and they are, they are changing, they are doing retrospective stand-up meetings and so on. But on a management level, mm, there's no change at all. So um, it, it's often like there is this decision on management level, like our company is becoming agile and then they are like do it become agile but this doesn't have anything to do with us but i think it has a whole lot of to do um with um, management in the end so as gandhi says be the change that you want to see um mm -hmm. i think it's really about eat your own dog food if i uh, want to see a different behavior in my organization i need to lift this different behavior you know, so um, I think the very first agile team in organization has to be top management and the rest of the organization could follow them. Yeah. Right. So um, whenever it comes to starting uh, agility in an organization, I would start on the top. Mm. 
But still, we need alignment on all levels in the organization because starting on the top. So when it comes to top, I think it's a top-down change because what I'm what I'm seeing is is different. So it's not like we start on the top and top management pushes the change into the organization. For me, it's like we start on top and we start with the change on top. So top management are is the first agile team. So they really they. Yeah, they serve as a pattern for others. So they change their way. It's not like a push in the organization. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's it's pretty it connects to how people perceive difference between leadership and management. So it's leading by example instead of just saying you have to. Yes, exactly. Mm. Yeah. I actually I've I've I didn't I haven't found a, a word of how to describe this. So it's somehow um top down but not really it's more like a pull down from mm. the top i don't know but yeah, yeah i'm struggling to find words for this right i was actually thinking of pull principle as you were saying that because no. it kind of it makes sense in this context when it's well it still starts higher technically in the structure of an organization but it it creates an opposite kind of drive it's not pushing as a heavy weight yes. it's pulling everything up everyone will want to be that yes exactly that's 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 what yeah what i'm what i'm seeking for actually yeah mm-hmm. and there's the other thing um so eat your own dog food uh, be the change that you want to see if you think about introducing agile or kanban or something like this um kanban is a pull system and also agile in in principles so there's a lot of pull involved so how strange is it if we push a pull system into the organization. (laughs) Top management decide to push into the organization that everybody needs to pull. It's just weird. So Mm. yeah, be the change that you want to see. So if you want to establish a pull um, system in your organization, you need a change that's based on pull. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that makes all the sense. Yeah, which is, not, which is of course not the, the typical way of thinking. But okay, if you if you if you don't want to change the typical way of thinking, why would you introduce agile uh, in the first place? <laughs> so um, I think the agile journey starts with the change process. So it's not about that people are doing standard meetings and so on and so on. So even the change process has to be um, agile mm. if you want to establish agile in an organization. Um, and do you think there is something that companies are struggling with when they try to implement leaner agile on the higher levels of flight let's say from a technical perspective um it, it's well it's it's not a rocket science i think it's, it's it really has to do a lot with people so you, you need to have the people on board so if i as top management don't want to change that's really that that's a problem yeah if you start on a higher level i think one one thing that's that's really important so no matter what kind of method do you are doing? It's always about limiting work somehow. Mm. So uh, when you when you take a look at Scrum, for instance, so they have this two um, weeks cycle, the, the sprints, and uh, during these sprints, the number of items is limited because we commit we will deliver these items, and after two weeks uh, weeks we deliver these items. So we have some right. kind of uh, limit in place. Uh, camp and there's also the thing of the working process limit. So you don't stop starting, start finishing. That's the point. You don't start more than you are able to finish. So limiting is is one crucial point. And on top management, I see the problem that even top management has to do this limitation. So um, 
when it comes to the portfolio level, for instance, mm-hmm. we are very good in generating new ideas. And ideas are awesome. And we need to do this and we need to do that and we need to do this. And of course, if we don't do that, uh, everything is just, um, yeah, will fall apart. And <laughs> Internet of Things, blockchain, you know it, you name it. Right. Yeah? <laughs> There's a lot to do. And uh, the problem is that um, if you really want to have see an effect in your organization, you need to limit your working process on, on a top level. And that's quite hard for organizations to achieve in the end. Mm, right. Because that would mean uh, some good projects and good ideas will have to be given up. Maybe, but um, there, there's the other thing. So whenever it comes to limiting, people think, okay, uh, we don't do it at all. The point is that when you are limiting stuff, what you're saying is we don't start it now. This does not mean that we will never ever start it. Maybe we start it later, but we finish something first that's currently very important. And when this thing is finished, we start the next one. So um, the point is um, we always think that we need to start work in order to finish it. So if we want to, um, yeah, if we want to become uh, a, No, let me put it that way. We have so many ideas and we have to start all these ideas because we need to finish them. But the point is, if you are starting work, you are not finishing work. It's often easy like this. This is if you really want to finish work, you need to finish work. And that's the point of limitation, you know? So it's not about starting, it's about finishing. This does not mean that we are never ever doing this kind of thing, but what do we finish first before we start new work? This means prioritization takes place in a different part of the board. We we always prioritize what to start, but prioritization has to be what to finish actually. So uh, if you see a, a campaign board, for instance, prioritization is on the right side of the board, what goes out of the board. And we, are, we, we usually think about always um, when it comes to prioritization, what should go into the board. And I think that's, that's, that's the difference. And uh, it's, it's quite hard to um, yeah, switch to this way of thinking. But the point is what generates value? Starting work does not generate value. Starting work just costs money. Finishing work creates value. Right. <laughs> that's quite a flip. Looking at what has to be done. The done column is our focus. That's our priority. Yes. And when we decided, uh, or when there's something finished, then we can talk about what do we start next. But usually we only talk about what can we start, what can we start, what can we start. But that's only the second step. First step is what can we finish? Second step is if there's something finished, what can we start? Mm. So the true pool system at its best. Yes. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, so, so far, it sounds great, but for somebody who might not have that much experience with lean and agile and everything, it might sound like a little too theoretical. So could we maybe go back to the example, the metaphor that you use of a keyboard for a company where each team has a different key? And could we say, um, what would actually those... So optimizing for keystrokes, what exactly does it translate to for a company that has, let's say, IT business. So optimizing for one key Mm. performing the best or two keys, or then what kind would we have that would represent interaction between those teams? So could we try to translate it into business context? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so the key would represent one team. And if we are optimizing the key, what we are doing is um, we are optimizing one team. So there's one campaign team or one scrum team. And we are trying to optimize that they are doing their work highly efficiently so that they finish as much work as they can in the end. Mm -hmm. But the point is when it comes to writing a letter, it's not so important that I can type a lot of letters um, very fast. Um, It's more important that the letters come out in the right order. Mm. So, um, and that's what, what you're doing um, when you are doing an optimization on flight level two, you're not optimizing on the team. In the end, you don't care how the teams are working. So no matter if they are doing Scrum, if they are doing Kanban, so I don't care about, um, I mean, I care about teams, of course, <laughs> but I don't want to change uh, the way how they work in the first place. So I just want to ensure what are... Um, the value creation change in chains in our organization. So maybe this is products, maybe it's projects. So we identify these products, then we um, yeah find out which teams are involved, and then yeah we make sure that the right team is working on the right stuff at the right time. This would be the flight level two. So you optimize the interactions between the teams and not the yeah the individual operative performance of the team does this make sense yeah yeah and so in other words we wouldn't care that much about 100 percent busyness of qa team while software guys are coming up well working on a feature so yes. we wouldn't force them to just do work whatever that means because there is no right work for them right now maybe yes exactly and mm. some some really um yeah maybe you think it's strange, but some, some strange things occur because maybe teams need to swarm to other teams. So maybe there's one team who needs to help uh, another mm-hmm. team. We see stuff like this uh, from time to time happening on a team level, that team members swarm on problems and they try to solve the problem. But you also need to have this between teams when it comes to um, yeah, deliver fast to your customer. So maybe it does not make sense that one specialist team is working in their special area. Maybe they need to help another team. So it's basically like what I, what I see what Agile really did in, in the past, past years is that we, um, yeah, in the beginning, a lot was about individual performance of the, of the mm. single individuals. Now we are talking about team performance, but I think that's still not enough. We need to talk about company performance. And so it, it's, it basically scales this idea of um, individual versus team performance to one level up, the flight level two, right? Mm. Where, where, where we are focusing on the, on the value creation chain and basically everything you see within the team you see among the teams, between the teams. It sounds actually also like the ultimate goal because maybe that's where people confuse it with the maturity model and maybe that's what I'm doing right now. (laughs) But then it sounds almost like moving towards the level three is the ultimate goal because we started at the personal, then we go to the inter-team and team level and then we go to portfolio strategic level. Yes, I would think so. Yeah. And that's what you also see if you set up one of these um, strategic systems properly, uh, you see the same thing happening on a portfolio level. Um, Maybe you have value chains 
where you think uh, we need to feed all these value chains. But if you really think about your business, you maybe uh, think about, okay, it doesn't make a lot of sense that we spend uh, the next, I don't know, uh, six weeks or so working on this product. Let's just put all our effort to from product X to product Y. So you, you see this, this swarming on a product level. But that's, yeah, I mean, I think it, in the end, it has something to do with maturity because you need to have a quite mature organization to understand something like this. Right. Yeah, so it's not about the individual performance. It's not about the team performance. And in the end, it's also not about the product performance. It's about the company performance. And that's what you're doing on, on the flight level three or on the portfolio um, level. Mm. The prospects of adopting fully this kind of thinking are quite exciting because that means all the typical issues like breaking the silos, having interaction between different departments. Um, people complain a lot about having connection between sales and marketing, having alignment. The same would be in different sections of IT and DevOps and all of those different departments. People think about, okay, how can we connect it? Well, the answer might be moving, changing the way we think first about work and what's important, but also getting this fluidity as a, as a, as a whole, meaning we concentrate and we swarm around issues, not around boundaries of teams or departments or even products. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. I think that that's the whole point. So uh, in the first step, we think about the company and then maybe we think about products and then maybe we think about teams and then we think about individuals, but we, a, a company as a whole, we need to improve. That's the point. And that's when, when I have the, uh, when I, when, when I can choose, I will always start as high as I can mm -hmm. so on flight level three, right? Um, because then it's really about the company and then maybe you go down and you see more and more, Oh, in this company, there are a lot of products. So we need to optimize the products. Oh, in this product, there's, there are these teams involved. So, uh, we need to do something on a team level. But um, yeah, it, I think it, it's the right way because in the end, um, the company needs to perform on the market. Mm. That's the point. And if I, as a team, am performing very well, but the company is not doing very well, um, maybe I, as a team, won't exist in the future because the company is bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite radical, but so true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So it actually, yeah, I think a summary of this would be that, and it's something that we've mentioned in this podcast as well, is that everything starts to focus a lot more on the business agility, not team agility, nor not any other kind of agility. Because <laughs> in the end, that's, that's what matters. Yes, totally. So it's not about uh, agile teams, it's about an agile business in the end, because that's mm -hmm. what you want to see. And I think this, this is just, we think that the way is agile teams. And I don't think, I don't say it's, it's not true, but I think there's way more than only agile teams. You need to have agile portfolio management. You need to have agile products. And yeah, there's way more than only teams, which does not mean the teams are not important. That's really very important. And I need to underline this don't know, four times, but um, yeah, there's more than only teams. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Cause there is, I guess there has been just too much chatter around teams, teams, teams. Let's make agile teams. But then it just didn't give the results. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. And in the end, it's, it's easy to think of because um, 
if if we are not fast enough, who is working? Well, teams are working, so let's make them work faster and then we are faster. But unfortunately, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's just, it's easy uh, to think in these ways, but only because it's easy doesn't mean that it's always the right way to do. And in the end, and that's the reason why, why I kind of like this flight levels concept. So it, it basically tries to, guide you to other um, yeah, levers in your organization where you apply similar thinking that you currently only know from a team level. And that's mm. why I use it for. So for me, it's really, it's a conversation model. Let's have a conversation. We want to improve something where in the organization uh, is the right lever to do so. Well, that, that sounds exciting because that's, that's the direction we're taking as, as business world, I guess, as the economy. So I hope today our audience have learned something that will, that's something that clicked in their mind and they're like, huh, that actually does make sense. <laughs> and I hope we can start the change from, from here, <laughs> being the change that we promote. <laughs> would be very cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and for the very end, I think, I think you actually answered this already, but I always ask this and it would be if, if, if you could give one biggest, most important piece of advice to anyone who's thinking about this topic and about success of their company, considering flight levels, managing their teams, productivity, all sorts of things. If you could give them just one advice that would be their compass, what would it be? One advice? Um, well, I think it's, 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 it's not my words, it's Gandhi, but be the change that you want to see. I think that's, that's really the thing... Um, it has to stick in, in our minds. Mm. Well, <laughs> thank you for sharing this with us today and for inspiring us to be the change, to lead by example. And I hope we, we can have another chance uh, to discuss something just as exciting with you again. <laughs> Very cool. Thanks, Dima, for having me. It was nice uh, chatting to you. It's a pleasure. The Lamp is brought to you by Kanbanize, the leading Kanban software for lean management. Learn more at kanbanize.com. If you're watching us on YouTube, leave us a like. And if you're listening on iTunes, feel free to leave us a review. We really appreciate that. Thanks for joining us and see you here next time.